0: to this podcast recorded live at the Junction Church Aberdeen. We pray this message inspires and encourages you. For more information, you can connect with us at www.thejunctionchurch.com. So good. You know, when you spend time in the presence of God, it um, it kind of blows the schedule and, and uh, um, <clears throat> you know, every church runs has a run sheet, right? You Who's doing what? It, it helps to create uh, a list of order and, and make sure that nothing gets forgotten. Uh, but there, there's something we must, mustn't forget more than the order of a service, and that is the presence of the Holy Spirit. and And, and he takes precedence over a, a run sheet, yeah. his his order of things. And um, I, I, I'm going to be honest with you: it, you know, we put a, pastors put a lot of work into our messages and. And more than just a message on a Sunday, we, we put a lot of work into the, the essence of what it is we're trying to build in the church. A, a message isn't something we're just preaching on a Sunday uh, message and then we have to think of something next week, it's, 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 it's the essence of, of, of what we're building into, into people's lives and, and what we're trying to build, but... I, I I want us to understand that the presence of the Holy Spirit is the most important thing that you will ever carry around your, in your life. He, he, his presence will lead you into the Word. His presence will, will liberate your heart. His presence will... Will will we'll take and challenge every aspect of your thought life and your and your thinking. Uh, there there are many many things that we we wrestle with in life, are there not? And and many things that can can distract us. But it's His presence that changes and changes everything. It's um, I, I was awake at five this morning. I I often am awake at five but through the years. I've had different times that I would often be awake at. It used to be three. Now it's five. At least I get five hours. Uh, I, you know, We've often been going to bed just, just before midnight. It's not a good time to go to bed. 11 is a better time, or 10.30 is even better, for, particularly for me. I, uh, I, I'm not a night owl at all. I'm fairly useless when it comes to <laughs> evening times. And uh, uh, But... Um, just for various reasons uh, people coming and going and and etc that uh, it's around more closer to midnight so so I, I woke up at 5 and and then it's kind of it's a, how am i going to get myself back to sleep again because i start thinking and uh uh and but this um this prayer came in my heart and as i'm just resting in the holy spirit and just speaking to god and um and, and i just started speaking this your kingdom come your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And, and, it, and it became a prayer that, that as I was praying, it's, it's been as it's actually during worship I was still singing it. In my heart I was still singing it. Your, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And, and there is something quite profound about the, the nature of that prayer that you pray. Because see see, God's kingdom exists in heaven in perfection. Jesus said that when he... Um, that, that when he ministered that he only did what he had seen the Father do. Yeah. Because the kingdom of heaven, there is a heavenly place that rules and reigns, and everything that God is doing in the heavenlies, we are to do on earth. Yeah. And and to see his kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Yeah. On yeah. earth. As it is in heaven, and we are to in this series, we're talking about to just take a breath and take a moment to realise what the Holy Spirit is doing. I wonder if we might go to um, John's Gospel. Um, I'm going to read from a portion of Scripture that um, that uh, we have probably read many times. Um, if you've been in church for any length of period of time, if you've never been in church before, then um, let me read to you a piece of scripture that's perhaps one of our favorites. John chapter 4 verse 5, it says this, So he came to a city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, near the plot of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being wearied from his journey, sat down thus by the well. It was about the sixth hour. A woman of Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said to her, give me a drink, for his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. Now, what I've noticed is this, that Jesus will often meet us in the most unexpected moments. That, that we have a schedule to meet with God and God meets with us. But the meeting that often changes our lives is, is, is often outside of that time scale it 's when we 're doing things that we um, are doing every day um, he, he meets with us in our moments that that express our also express our our, our weakness and our failure Here is a woman who 's traveling to the well to gather water but she 's doing so at a time when when few other people would be would be there um, because of her lifestyle she 's a woman who is um, uh, has a reputation. She, she has to go uh, to the well uh, to avoid the other women. Probably because um, she may have gathered up some of their husbands at various times. <laughs> and to go at that time may, <laughs> would cause some, some fractious moments. So, so she goes at a time when nobody else would be there. And she goes to gather water. And so in the gathering of water for her that is an expression of her own life failure. Because to go and gather water at the well at that time, that, yeah. that action reveals everything about her decision-making in her life and expresses her failure. So just going to get water is the, is, is the, it's the highlight of it. It probably... All other moments in her life, she can sort of crowd it, just shut it out and just get on with life. But have you noticed there are certain things that you do that are just seem on the surface to everyone else quite normal, but when you do them, it triggers a response of your own weakness, a failure, your fear. There are certain things that you can do, you end up or you find yourself doing that that bring a flash in your heart, a, a recognition in your mind of past mistakes of internal fear of of failures that that kind of echo in your brain. Have you noticed that they 're just everyday things and you see it 's when, when, when this woman came to the world, Jesus came to meet her in that moment, and that 's the moment that, that Jesus comes to to meet us and wow. And when he comes to meet us, he comes to ask something of us that actually on the surface to everyone else seems reasonable, but to us is unbelievably unreasonable. (laughs) Because he asks of us the very thing that expresses our own failure, that reveals our own heartache, that, that, that exposes our own fear. And he says to this woman, please, will you give me a drink? See, see, Jesus has, has asked of us that we would obey him, that we would serve him, that we would do things for him, and, and, and it may be that in your fear, that your failure, it may be financial, and he asks that you would give. I, I remember um, I've told this story many times, but for those of you who've not heard it, here we go again. I go... <laughs> I, I, I um, grew up in, in, in poverty. My, my father was a, uh, as a cabinet maker. he was riddled with arthritis. He, he um, couldn 't his spine f- uh, fused uh, from his neck all the way down He, he lost about four inches in height. Uh, and um, he, it meant that he was very slow. He also wasn't a particularly good businessman. Not that he, he wasted any money. He was, very, he was very cautious with the money. He just couldn't price a job. He, was, he, he would just say something would take a week, but it, when it would take a month, and, and uh, he would get only a fraction of the amount of money. He also undervalued the, his skill set, um, and, and so he would sell things for products way under, what they should have been sold for. And, and, and with all of those combinations and the fact that he was a very stubborn, very strong, uh, physically very strong and able to just keep going on through all of his pain, we didn't earn a lot of money. And, and, and I lived on second-hand clothes. Um, not just second hand, they were probably fourth or fifth hand, and, and um, my feet would go through my shoes before we we got new ones and and, um, and so so, the, so that was the kind of the environment you, you grow up in that environment it, it affects your thinking about finance, it affects your thinking about supply and, 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 and what 's possible in, in this world because of the restraint and the restriction and the poverty um, when I was um, and Cheryl and I were engaged to get married, we, um, Cheryl was earning as a hairdresser. She was on a hairdresser's salary, which at the time I think was 87 pence an hour. Uh, and, uh, I was, um, now running a business with my father. We'd set up in business. I had, um, learned how to sell and, and uh, had worked with my uncles in furniture. They they had retired, and my father was a cabinet maker. So we set up, and my father would make the furniture. I would sell it, and when there weren't customers, I would help him in the workshop and make furniture as well. And so we were, but we weren't own anything. I was on forty pounds a week. Uh, we just paid ourselves forty pound a week because there, there there really wasn't much money in the business. Um, in fact, there wasn't any money in the business. But we had to have something, right? So so I was on forty pound a week. Cheryl was probably on. Um, the same, and uh, and uh, we were saving up to get married, and uh, we'd saved up about seven hundred pounds uh, to get married with. Um, this is nineteen eighty eight, uh, and um, then the church had a speaker um, come from India. Um, he was he was a British guy, but he had he had an Indian wife, and they had a ministry in India, and the church was going to take an offering, and the Holy Spirit said to me give all of your money away. So he just knows, he just knows how to get you, doesn't he? <laughs> he just, Holy Spirit says, give you, that's the same as speaking to the woman at the well, give me a drink. Mm. It's exposing the same issues, the same thing. Because he could have asked anyone else to give all the money away that they had saved. And, and they would have had greater capacity to regain it because they would have been earning a proper wage. Mm. Yeah. He could have asked anyone but he didn't. He, he asked the person who didn't have any money, who couldn't earn his way out, who couldn't regather, who was getting married in six weeks, <laughs> to give it everything that we had saved, to give it away. And see, see, God doesn't just ask you to do something because it's sacrificial, He's looking to deal with something that's internal to your very heart. Yeah, yeah. In, uh, in Luke's Gospel, um, Jesus spoke to Peter and here he says in Luke's Gospel, chapter 5, let me read this, verse 4. He says, when he stopped speaking, he said to Simon, launch out into the deep and let your nets for a catch. But Simon answered and said, Master, we've tore all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. See, Jesus was often catching Peter out, and it normally resulted in when he caught nothing. It was the only times he ever asked him to fish at all was when he had caught nothing. (laughs) Have you noticed that? It was go out and fish, but I got nothing. Yeah, put it down on the other side. Go out and launch your nets. He was always saying to Peter, fish, when he was. Absolutely, just covered in failure when he was when he was just completely frustrated within himself. When he was tired, when he was emotionally exhausted, and we have all these, we have all these this language to to express ourselves on on why we can't do stuff and 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 how we should just protect ourselves and and not be tired or exhausted. And Jesus will always come and make that unreasonable request that seems okay to everybody else, but internally we're just. Just like this wow. is just not fair. Why would you ask this yeah. of me now? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So true. And that's when we got to learn how to take a breath. Because yeah. he is asking of you to do something, to serve him, to, to, to give, to, to pray, to share, to minister. And it will always be framed around your greatest fear. It will always expose your greatest weakness. It will always deal with your internal failure and it will always reveal your greatest weakness. We've got to understand that when Jesus comes and asks of you, he is not just asking of you something that's unreasonable. He is wanting to heal the very thing that is holding you back from fully walking in his kingdom. He wants to heal it and to heal it, he's got to expose it. And so he comes to this woman and he says to her, Give me a drink. And this woman is shocked by this request and she kind of deflects it. And in verse 9, verse 9. It says there's some woman of Samaria said to him, how is it that you being a Jew ask a drink from me, a Samaritan woman? For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. Jesus answered and said to her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is who says to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Now, the is This This is extraordinary. See, here's the healer that's healing the sick. Here's the saviour that's saving the world. Here is the, here is love making a way through the turmoil of our own making and healing hearts. See, see this is Jesus coming with a request, but at the same time giving you the answer and how to deal with it. Yeah. You see... With every request comes a burden that we place upon ourselves and how to fulfill it. True? If there's ever any request, whenever anyone asks you for help, we all like to think that we would be willing helpers to help. But there are often moments when you're asked for help when when the burden for help is so great you don't know whether you can fulfill it. Maybe it's because you don't have time. Maybe you're emotionally tired. Maybe it's because you're... Skill set is just not capable of fulfilling it. Maybe you would feel that you would, in helping, you would get in the way. Maybe you you let them down. So there are many moments that when when somebody asks something of you, the burden that comes upon you is so great. But Jesus says, cast your burdens unto me, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. I don't think any of us ever really get that. All right I don't think any of us ever really get in, in my experience of ministry over the years I've discovered them that I've found very few people who really walk in that true revelation for my burden is easy. how does it go? My yoke is easy, and my burden is light and yet i you know we here we are we. Minister, We're pastors. We oversee churches across Scotland. Sharon and I, we're, we're going off to Malta soon because we have the burden of ministering to a church in Malta. It's so hard. <laughs> so we have pastors and ministers that we, we minister to within the INC network. Um, and uh, we, we were just up in Thursday last week with Pastor Andrew, Katrina, and, and what an extraordinary time just, just ministering and, and the breakthrough that they've had in their churches. It's just it, that everyone we met there was saved in, saved in that church. Wow. It was just extraordinary seeing people, they're getting people saved every week, people of all walks of life, of, of every trouble you could imagine, and here they are just receiving Jesus and getting healed. And, and there we are, so so... So I carry this burden, right? And, and, you know, but that's my story. Your story is entirely different, but it's still got burdens, right? Mm-hmm. We, we, we know how to carry burdens. And we always find ways of managing that, how we carry them. Maybe we, we just say, uh, I just need to take time out. Right? We find a way of dealing with it. But Jesus comes with a different answer. He said, if you knew who was asking of you, See, this is the problem that we have. Jesus is asking something of us, but we don't know who it is that's asking. We say it's Jesus, but we don't know him. If we knew him, we would know how to respond. Are you with me here? If we knew him, see, Jesus said, if you knew who was asking of you, you would ask me. Now, that doesn't make any sense at all. (laughs) And this is the paradox of the kingdom. God is asking us to do something quite natural. He's asking us to do something which is entirely natural. But he says to this woman, if you knew who was asking you to give a drink, you would ask of him and he would give you living water. Mm -hmm. In other words, If God has made a request from you, your response is, Jesus, I need your living water. Please will you give me your living water? Not, yes, Jesus, I'll just do whatever it is that you want me to do. And then carry the burden yourself and feel the weight. I have seen too many people crumble and crash under the burden of trying to do the ministry. Trying to obey Jesus and getting miserable in the process. The kingdom of God is not miserable. Jesus said, My yoke is easy and my burden is light. Yet somehow we find the yoke isn't easy at all. It's the most complex, troubling thing that we've ever managed to do is trying to how do you become a Christian and live a Christian life in a secular world? How do you balance that between church life and work life and family life? How on earth do you tithe in a recession? How do you. How do you do that? That, That's not easy. And Jesus said, It's easy. And we're going, Where in the world is it easy? And then he says, My burden is light. Well, I'd hate to feel a heavy one. (laughs) (laughs) Then we know this. We forgot to ask him for his spirit. To fill us to overflowing. That we might carry something eternal. Something supernatural. See we weren't meant to do this in our own strength. We weren't meant to just be exposed in our own fear and failure. For Jesus has come to us in the midst of our weakness. In the midst of our poverty. In the midst of our trials and troubles. And he's asking something which fully exposes He fully exposes everything that is fear on the inside of us. And he won't take it back. He won't take the request back from us. Our response to him. Lord, fill me with your living water. Fill me with your living water. Let me finish with this. Psalm 139. Psalm 139 is a scripture that I've been in all week and different aspects. In fact, I preached from it in Thursday last week. Verse 23 says this, search me, O God. Know my heart, try me and know my anxieties. Search my heart, try me, know me. Know my anxieties. Know my heart. Try me. Know my anxieties. And see if there's any wicked way in me. And lead me in the way everlasting. See, the psalmist is saying here, Lord, I, I'm just human, right? And I know I just carry anxiety. And I, but I've got failure in my heart. But you, Lord... And lead me in the supernatural. Mm. See, to lead me in the way everlasting is the way of the Holy Spirit. Because he leads us in the supernatural life that empowers and natural. Mm. He leads us in a life that deals with the things that we can't deal with. The supernatural will always overcome the natural realm. Jesus said, that which I see my father doing, that's what I do. In other words, we spend our time trying to do what we imagine he's asking us to do. Without being filled with the spirit and seeing what he's doing. And just living in the flow of his spirit. Thanks for joining with us. For more information about events, service times, and how to connect with us, visit www.thejunctionchurch.com.